Hello and welcome to Business Unmuted, a business discussion broadcast live on LinkedIn and available for download from all the best podcast sites. As ever, Business Unmuted is sponsored by Virtue BMW, which is part of Gateshead-based Virtue Motors PLC. So if you're in the market for a new used or fleet vehicle, its dealerships are in Stockton, Durham, Sunderland, Moulton or York. Joining me down the line today is Rick Hellowell, founder and managing director of Oven New, the oven cleaning franchisor with more than 120 franchisees in the UK and Australia. And also Aaron Holmes, the CEO and founder of Newcastle-based data reconciliation specialists, Canny Payments. It's been an interesting few days with Boris Johnson confirming that restrictions designed to curb COVID are about to be lifted. The UK private business output activity has also expanded at the fastest rate since June, with IHS markets saying it's risen from an index of 54 to an index of 60 in February. And rising tensions on the Ukraine-Russian border are not only running the risk of major conflict, but they're also causing financial tension, with the price of Brent crude oil nearing $100 a barrel. As we went to this recording, it was 93.48 at 3 o'clock this afternoon. We're live today, but if you watch on recording, that's what it was. Right, let's chat about some of those things and their businesses with Rick Helloway and uh, uh, Aaron Holmes. Rick, first, you've got the vans all over the country going to repair ovens. I bet the cost of fuel is hitting you. Well, we're actually going there to clean them, Graham, but we can do minor repairs whilst we're there. Obviously, yes, if clients have got a clean replacement them, yeah. replacement seal that needs doing or a replacement uh, lamp that needs needs installing them, we're more than happy to do that whilst we're doing the the deepest valet possible. Um, yeah, life's good. Obviously, the franchisees are, 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 are kind of back now with the with the restrictions having lifted on the uh, on the COVID side of things. And now, of course, they're getting squeezed with extra overheads on um, massively increasing fuel costs and so forth. Fortunately, however, we allocate relatively, uh, relatively sensibly sized, um, relatively, relatively sensibly sized territories. So the guys don't necessarily have to bomb round for miles, and miles, and miles, racking up huge mileage all the time. So. They yeah. try to get their hypermiling right, do they? They try and get their van usage light on the gas and heavy on the uh, efficiency. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, something, <laughs> something like that. It doesn't always work, but uh, yeah, that's and, the theory. And, and, and just what is the price of having your regular oven cleaned? What kind of parameters would if you've just got a regular electric oven, you want you want someone to come in after uh, after well, I don't know six months or so and clean it all out? I've had it done in our ovens. It's very effective. What what kind of price are you looking to pay? It could be it could be as low as starting from 45 pounds for a microwave combi up to 250 pounds for a, a super duper 2.2 meter long range yeah okay the, and, and you do, do argus as well that's the other good thing you do argus we do. you do argus we do okay so and other, other traditional stoves so you've got this business going now it's been been a real success all 120 franchisees around the country um uh, and have the phones been ringing as the covid curbs have lifted have you managed to get back into business yeah, we've been very fortunate, Graham, because we weren't actually penalised um, under the COVID regime, shall we call it, um, by virtue of the fact that it was made clear by the chan- uh, by, by the, uh, the powers that be that if we couldn't, or the franchisees couldn't work from home, then they could go to work. So clearly, being a van-based business, we couldn't work from home. We, we were able to go to work. So um, it did slow down a little bit, but nothing nothing massively drastic as the have 
um, have things picked up now, I think yes is the answer, um, albeit that relatively short-lived. Um, we, had, we had a good couple of weeks. I think people's attention now, um, and it sounds really weird why what's happening in Russia and Ukraine would have anything to do with our particular sector, but I think this is just one of those things at the moment where people's people's eyes have been taken off the ball and they, they really are paying attention. So it's gone a little quieter, which will happen for the next week or so, and then we anticipate to be back absolutely full steam ahead ready for the spring cleaning season. Okay, and of course it is it's spring cleaning. Is, is that a real thing, a spring cleaning season? It's a, a traditional phrase, spring cleaning, but does it happen? Absolutely, and you know, it's one of the, it is one of the things that is, um, that is separated by the North-South divide. It's certainly a lot more, um, a lot more traditional and a lot more undertaken um, in territories north of Birmingham. Really, that's fascinating. Let's get uh, let's get Aaron on, and let's have you both on the screen at the same time. I think, uh, Aaron, you've got a completely different type of business. This is a real contrast type of business. Uh, first of all, you've got different colours: bright blue, bright green. But Canny uh, is a brand new business. Give us a little bit of an insight on what you do. Uh, it's quite technical, so keep it relatively simple from my point of view. Yeah, no problem at all. So we are, um, we're about three years old as a company. And essentially what we're trying to do is help uh, some of the newer banks and financial institutions uh, operate their businesses more efficiently and in a more compliant way. So essentially what we do is uh, we take data that originates from uh, places like MasterCard and Visa, um, from transaction processing platforms um, and other sources. So this data is often quite complex. And then we help clients to make sense of it and actually reconcile it. So making sure all the money is where it's supposed to be uh, and that uh, that no errors have been made, basically. These transaction costs, it is actually very important, isn't it? I was, uh, as a user of uh, Amazon, I was told that I couldn't use um, Visa a few months ago and they started to incentivize me to use other uh, yeah. card companies. Now that's an argument between Visa and Amazon, but nevertheless, it does highlight that the cost of a transaction in FinTech is really important in your sector. It, it is absolutely. There was actually some um, some legislation a few years ago um, that was introduced to try and tackle um, what was perceived as being the um, the higher fees that uh, that you know card schemes like Mastercard and Visa um, were implied to be uh, forcing merchants to to charge. Mm. Um, the reality of that was that we were actually part of an organisation at the time uh, called the Electronic Money Association, and there were there were others that made the argument that actually that these um, these transaction costs were not. Uh, if there was legislation introduced that those those um, transaction costs would not actually be brought down for consumers and i think you know when you start to see you know sort of heavyweights like visa and, and amazon falling out over these fees um it, you know it, it does kind of highlight the importance of um of, of the fee level but generally we haven't seen these savings getting passed on to consumers in the way that we would have liked it was interesting i remember uh doing as what uh, doing what amazon asked and switching to another card and going through the inconvenience of setting it all up only for amazon to give way in the end and some deal to be reached uh, but i should imagine it hadn't done visa very very good at all anyway like, we're going down a rabbit hole there it just shows the importance of the kind of work you're doing of making the transaction cost steady and small 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, essentially, the, um, the fees that are charged by uh, financial institutions, particularly the ones that are, that are new to the market, uh, are often kind of dictated by, uh, by how efficient their own internal operations are. So not just the efficiency of their IT systems, but just generally the, their entire sort of operational function. So what we're trying to do is make it easier for new market entrants who can, who can uh, challenge and um, try and bring more competition to the financial sector to launch and scale and succeed with their, with their offering. Now, we've got two completely different businesses on our programme today. One is a relatively traditional uh, physical-based business, and one is a new tech-based business. Is the current environment hitting you each, even if it might be in a different way? You heard Rick there talking about the uncertainty that the Ukrainian situation uh, is bringing about, the costs that he's having obviously on fuel, maybe not affecting you in the same way, but do you sense that the current business environment, the current economic environment, is going to hit your own business? I mean, I think for us, we've we've certainly seen that um, uh, this is kind of tied into to the uh, COVID epidemic as well, uh, COVID pandemic. We we found, found very quickly that we had to adapt to working from home um, pretty much overnight. But what we found, uh, you know, combination of um, the current things that are kind of going on uh, in the economy, so the increasing cost of uh, cost of living, uh, but also people being able to work from home and therefore save more money. We're finding that that is affecting things like uh, salary inflation. Mm-hmm. So we know at the minute, you know, we're very mindful of trying to keep. Uh, keep a reasonable level um, for for everyone on our team and for their um, their cost of living not to outpace the salary that we can that we can offer in the northeast. Um, but you know we we do have a big advantage in that you know as a as a cloud based technology company we can very easily adapt to work from home. So things like rising fuel prices don't really affect us in the same way because the vast majority of our team choose to work from home. Okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to just flip back to, to Rick on this, but in a moment we'll talk about the, uh, the environment for fintech in the northeast, which is a very interesting uh, uh, subject. Let's go back to you, uh, Rick. We, we know that the inflation rate is now above 5%, and you and I are long enough in the tooth to remember it at 26 27% in the very old days, so 5% doesn't seem that bad. But it is if you've got money in the bank at half a percent and it is if your pay rise is three percent and it is if that's the cpi uh, figure and rpi includes other things that are going up more uh, and it is a, a serious issue if you're, you've got a family and your food is going up by more for more than five percent in your own business how are you able to steady the price to the consumers and squeeze the productivity it's <clears throat> Squeezing the price of the consumer is a very, very, it's a very thorny issue. Um, that said, most of our most of our clients do tend to be the more understanding client that appreciate that at the end of the piece, no matter what state the economy's in, um, the old adage of, of you get what you pay for is is just as prevalent today as it always mm. has been. Mm. Um, and if we or when when the franchisees have a have a nominal price rise to the consumer. They appreciate once a year all of all of our um, costs and overheads do increase, and they 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 don't tend to um, jump ship, which is very very reassuring. Typically, we've worked for the clients. Maybe we've done one or two deep cleans um, every year for them for for many many years historically. So they know what they're going to get, and if it's going to cost an extra couple of pounds, then they, they they'll go with the kind of hey ho attitude, which is which is great. Obviously, new business. Um, people are starting to just be a little bit more, um, not necessarily cost conscious, but 
maybe the dwell period in between in between deep cleans might extend a little bit um but gen- generally speaking um there is a limit um to what the to what the market's going to tolerate whether it be getting the oven deep cleaned or getting your windows cleaned or your carpets cleaned whatever it happens to be getting the car valeted there will be there will be um, a pain point that we that we really just can't exceed so my job there as a franchisor um very moral and ethical franchisor which has stood as well over the last 26 years of trading is to sit down and work through with the guys how they can increase their profitability mm. albeit by little tiny dear sweet margins maybe half a yeah. percent here one percent there another three quarters percent there um because these savings and i'm sure aaron a bear testament to this these these little tiny dear sweet incremental savings will add up over a period when guys are, are working through their their cash flow and their analyses and their PL projections which we, we gladly do with them um, on, on regular Zoom sessions. Um, we can we can manage to keep things very, very sensible and realistic for the consumer. Right. That said, we're not going to start cutting prices. We're not going to try and join a race mm. to the bottom because nobody's ever going to win that. We need to maintain the margins, which and we're it, doing. I mean, my own business it. is looking at its fees will probably go up by less than inflation. And the, 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 the way in which it's going to be done is by a measure of both productivity gains, like you've just discussed, and by modest increases. And that, that's the, the way in which it probably is going to land. Now, Aaron, as I understand it, you, you're uh, in business of helping process payments to the level of £10 billion. Uh, so you've got a lot of micro payments. You must have micro charges. How, how does it work with you when it comes to costs? Well, we're actually handling um, the, the data on behalf of the financial institution. So we're, we're never actually handling the, the money itself. But what mm. we're doing is uh, helping clients to make sense of the data that comes out. So uh, our clients would typically be a challenger bank or a, a, an emerging financial institution. Um, so in our particular case, our, our direct customer is the bank. Uh, and what we're helping them to do is okay. uh, to, to run things more efficiently. And, and when it comes to charges, I should imagine the banks are as sensitive to price increases as any other customer man in the street for that matter yes uh, i mean it's one of the great things about the fintech industry though is that the um the, the wave of new fintech companies that we've had coming onto the market um are competing both on price and on the quality of the the products mm. that they're offering to the customer um you know there's a real revolution going on at the moment in uh in, in the sort of current account market um, and these new market entrants, the likes of Monzo and Starling Bank and Revolut, are, are really kind of making waves and challenging the existing um, the existing sort of high street banks. Um, I mean, just in the last three years, when we've been um, when we've been operating our businesses, we've helped uh, uh, operating our business. We've helped our clients to reconcile more than ten billion dollars of payments, and that's going up very very rapidly indeed. Fantastic. All right, let's uh, leave it on this this thought about the north of England. Now, there was a very important review about UK fintech sector published recently. It was last year, the Khalifa Review, and it highlighted that um, Leeds and Manchester had massive clusters of fintech uh, businesses, and that the northeast of England was emerging as a specialist cluster, particularly as where you are in the theme of banking, payments, and wealth tech. Now. That report, you are obviously living proof that that is true. Um, this podcast is focuses on North of England businesses. Um, why is it that what 
is a city that was traditionally regarded as a party city or exporter of coals is now a city which has got such a great reputation in fintech. No, I think a lot of it comes from the fact that Newcastle has a, generally a really good technology scene. You know, there are some really kind of uh, innovative and um, uh, you know very effective companies based in, in and around Newcastle. You only have to look at you know the examples of Sage, and you might sort of suggest that you know suggesting that um, Newcastle is somehow an emerging fintech hub when they've actually got Sage based. You know, a company that um, you know was uh, you know, the second biggest technology company in the UK. Um, and involved directly in our sector. So, uh, you know, the, the Khalifa report was fantastic to see, you know, and I think it's great that it's recognising um, the actual pedigree that already existed in the region um, because of companies like Sage and WorldPay and Global Processing Services, these very large and very successful financial financial services companies um, that have, uh, as they have grown and got bigger, uh, helped to generate people with the right kind of skills uh, and the right technology backgrounds in the region. One last question. Is Canny able to defy what has happened in so many northern towns and cities, and that is the brain drain, where talented, particularly young people, leave university or go leave the north, in the case of Newcastle and Teesside and Durham, go to university elsewhere and don't come back. Are you able to be a graduate magnet? I, I would certainly hope so. I mean, you know, we, we are um, very uh, lucky in Newcastle in that we've got, um, you know, two excellent universities based in the city centre. Um, the Newcastle University Mathematics Department uh, and Computer Science Departments um, work very closely with the National Innovation Centre for Data, which is also based here. Um, so what we're finding is that there are definitely uh, graduates coming through and people with, you know, masters and PhDs who have the right kind of skills uh, to work uh, in this industry. And I, I've sort of done it myself. You know, I'm from the Northeast. I moved down to London to kind of get my career going within fintech, and I came back up to, to the northeast because uh, there is the right kind of skill set here. Um, the, the quality of life that you get here, my personal view is, is, is a bit better than you get in London, um, and it's it's generally got the right kind of um, the right kind of lifestyle and uh, technology and people in this region that can really kind of make a company like ours succeed. Thank you, Aaron, and thank you very much, Rick. Uh, good to see two businesses in entirely different sectors, feeling confident, buoyant, and tackling the pressures that we're facing, all of us, in a very optimistic way. Thank you very much. That's it for Business Unmuted uh, for this week. Now, next week, the north of England gets a visit from the HSBC uh, chief economist, and he's uh, conducting some meetings in Teesside and uh, Newcastle, but I'm going to catch him on this programme uh, the day before. So tune in to Business Unmuted next Wednesday live. Thank you.